0: I've always been interested in addressing the whole self. And for me, the term soma, if you look in a dictionary, it's Greek for body. But the way I use the term soma is the whole self. So it's the physical body, it's the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual bodies. Bodies, I'm, I'm feeling into the auric field that we have parts of our mind that I feel um, is wanting to engage to be our whole self. So when I use the word soma, it's the whole self. And so with that in mind, uh, this year I've been collaborating with other people who are experts in other fields of energy medicine and movement education that are complementary to general somatic yoga, but might be able to introduce us to other parts of ourselves. For example, you and I, um, I was so appreciative that you co-facilitated a meditation course with me for somatic sanctuary. And that's an example of like, yes, we do meditation and gentle somatic yoga, but I really appreciate how you came in and introduced another way to find ourselves in that state. And there's other methods like uh, somatic stability where I'm teaming up with uh, one of my gentle somatic yoga practitioners, Rachel Shepard, and she's a Pilates uh, trainer. And so we're taking the neuroscience with gentle somatic yoga and blending it with Pilates because one of the things as we age, we all need to continue to build muscle mass and bone density. So that's another example of, I feel like that's a safe way to exercise, but we're taking Pilates and somaticizing it to bring in the neuroscience so that when we're finished um, breaking down the muscles and building a bone, that we can also return muscles to their optimal length in a resting position. Hmm. Um, and just one more example, um, I have another GSY certified practitioner Ren Burkett, and she special, she's a yoga therapist, and she specializes in sound and specifically nada yoga. And so we're combining uh, nada yoga with gentle somatic yoga to use sound as a way to direct consciousness with somatic movement flows, which are part of gentle somatic yoga. And that particular method has me so lit up. And I think that you might find it interesting, too, because we both love exploring consciousness. And um, with nada Yoga blending with that, I was blown away at just using organic sound, how that can direct consciousness with movement. And I dropped into a deep state of bliss, unified consciousness. When I was finished, I couldn't even talk for like 10 minutes because I was so expanded it was hard to come back into the personality small hmm. so much s, s soma with a small s instead of soma with a large s meaning connected so i'm super excited that i, I can now expand the brand to include hobbies art meditation relationship skills
1: having fun I find it very interesting, this experience that many of us go through from, you know, being in a state of unified consciousness, as you call it, and then coming back into this personality, right? And this pulsation that can happen, you know, what have have you learned about this and how have you navigated the journey back and forth?
0: I knew when I was going to talk with you that we would go deep. And I just love, I really appreciate when I'm with you, your questions. And so let's see if I can answer. I, so for me, learning what different states of consciousness feel in my soma through sensation. So right now I'm aware of there's already a slight exp- expansion. I'm feeling a lot of space in the field that I'm sitting in right now. So I feel like I'm almost entering it right now with you Um, to witness when I'm in that state as a part of who I am, recognizing that my capacity for personality is, um, it's almost like it takes a back seat. So there's, less of a need to express myself as an individual. And yet I know it's a beautiful part of being in the Soma is to be an individualized self. So using that unified consciousness as a state, as a contrast to witness the personality and then holding space for it to come back in I noticed there's resistance, actually. I, I would like to stay in that state longer, and I have everyday life activities. So I'm not sure if I'm expressing myself clearly, but I'm just aware of being in this state and what it feels like sense, on, a sensitive, on a sense level, and then the choice to bring it back in
1: and learning how to modulate that. Do you ever question, you know, do I really need to come back in to this personality can I stay in that expansive state for longer?
0: Hmm. Mm. That sure is a nice thought. Um, I don't know if I would be able to be on time for my meetings <laughs> or if I would remember what I'm wearing and if I need to put on something else if I was cold. It was interesting. Like, um, yes, maybe... I feel like when I'm teaching, actually, because I'm, I'm here at Yogaville right now completing two events. One was a spiritual weekend workshop, and now we're, I'm teaching Genosematic Yield level, level 1 training. And when I'm teaching, I feel like I do drop into that unified consciousness. I have information that I want to deliver to invite people in to experience something. Th- this might be my first experience of having both, that I'm still choosing to bring in forms and at the same time, I'm completely open to just to be open to what the next form wants to be. It's like both. So I'm practicing practicing it since I've been here. Mm. But I do get, I tend to be in Ayurvedic medicine. I'm vata primarily. So in an expanded state, I feel a little more spacey. Forgetting words. Less inspired to talk. Mm. So um I feel like it is possible, but do I stay in that state when I'm walking and talking with students or when I'm on the phone or
1: in a Zoom call? That experience so far is less. Yeah, sometimes I think about this in terms of relationships with other people and living in community, that there's a give and take here that if I want to have relationships with other people and live in community... That I also need to play this game of of personality, you know, and scheduling and responsibilities and and all of that. Um, but something is also lost or it feels like it's lost in, in doing that. And it's okay, right? Yeah. Like there's a give and there's a take. I receive something out of that because I get to be included in the community and receive the benefits and have those relationships and all of that um but there is a part of me that doesn't really want to be this personality playing this game talking about myself answering questions all of that you know yes
0: yeah that can be tiring sometimes yeah, yeah. i th- i feel like maybe one of the keys to practice this is presence developing keeping a ground and keeping presence Right now I'm listening to you without thinking what I'm gonna say next. So I, I can do that with you because I feel really comfortable. So maybe presence can bring us more choice points and some of those uncomfortable times when we feel the personality coming up. Maybe there's maybe there's more choice points than we think we have.
1: I think so too, actually. I'm I'm glad that you said that. Like there I can have conversations in a certain way that maybe is older than I'm used to that I used to have in the past, or I can explore having them in a way that feels right now, you know, abiding in this presence, not knowing what I'm going to say next, um, being more curious, having less to defend.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. I've been, uh, since I've been here at, at Yoga Bill this time, I've been self-reflecting on re- certain relationships I have in my life and curious to observe the ones that, have, that feel more restrictive, even people that I've known for a long time that I consider my best friends, my inner circle friends. And within this, well, ever since COVID, um, things have been shifting quite a bit and I've been feeling like, why am I feeling like I'm losing my comfort with this? I'm thinking of one particular person because they're still the same person and I'm still the same and we love each other and there's that trust and respect and all of that. And my presence with this person doesn't necessarily feel flowing right now. And I'm having, I'm, I have to work extra hard with the personality to find a way to have that resonance. So I've been asking myself, it's okay the way it is without changing anything. And if I wanna stay in this relationship, it feels like if I was true to myself, I wouldn't be efforting as much, which means I might actually be losing some interest to connect with that person in quality experiences. Hmm. So I don't—I'm not sure how this fits into the conversation, but I'm just aware that my personality has to work extra hard. It doesn't have to. I have been so far, and is that the best choice? But I—I I would be—I would be longing and sad if I—if lo- I didn't have it. So anyway, I'm aware of my personality struggling. And so I think the best bet for this circumstance is to have a conversation. But, um...
1: but that's a really interesting thing to notice, the, the efforting, mm-hmm. as you put it, to like pay attention to myself when I'm, I'm feeling that I, I need to put effort towards something and then exploring why. Mm-hmm. Well, do I, do I really need to, you know, make that other person feel good by engaging them in a conversation in, in this type of way or what, whatever it is, just questioning that, you know, what does that mean to give effort in that kind of a way? And, and do I have to really do that? And again, maybe it's an old self that used these kind of um, uh, practices, habits in order to fit in, to to survive Mm. but now you know I don't feel that I I have to do that anymore I guess just like the play even between what is old and what is Mm. present is very interesting
0: (sighs) yeah while you were sharing I'm wondering uh, for me how much attachment I have to the way things were and um, is that part of my identity and I can say yes it has been to have an inner circle friend or an inner circle family or or to have a sense of belonging, I can feel that I have an attachment to that. That's how I used to identify myself. And there's a sense of security that goes with that. Like I belong. So with questioning this, there's a sense, well, then where do I belong if I'm not with this person?
1: Yeah. And I wonder if that's like mostly like the mind trying to figure this out yeah. and whether or not it can be another way. Uh, meaning like my goal is to just exist in this presence mm. because it feels right. It totally mm. feels right. Or being in the Tao, you know, living as a yogi, whatever, whatever you want to label it as. And if I do that, whatever happens externally, I'm going to be okay with as opposed to trying to control... What's happening externally? You know, <laughs> I think we're
0: talking about flow state, like yeah, like um, maybe more of a Taoist idea of just whatever it is, is and keep keep flowing with what is without any attachment. But then, where's the personality? Where's the function? Is there a function?
1: I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think it's it's very subtle, you know. But the way that you put it in terms of presence, I think, and and kind of. Uh, you know, imbuing the personality with a sense of presence that I am this personality, but I'm also not the same that I was. I'm also uh, aware of this connection to something beyond myself while I am speaking, having a conversation, whatever it is. And it seems that it's possible. Yeah.
0: I think we're doing it right now. I feel that way I am. I am anyway. And I'm having a mirror to this conversation. that, In a, in a way, we're talking, about, we're talking about relationships so far. And I really feel like it's relationship also to other things like a, a project. Or I'm thinking right now I'm going to be traveling to Mexico soon. And I go to certain places. I'm wondering if this conversation can expand to presence with other things as well that we're in relationship with. A food that we eat the bed we sleep on, the clothes we wear, um, just thinking about identity and how I might have attachments to certain things. Oh, I am this way and I am that way. Oh, I am this way. But maybe with this level of presence, there could be other choices where I, well, gosh, maybe I just don't wanna go to that, that. I'm thinking about this town in Mexico right now. Something may be shifting in me like, well, maybe there's another place to explore.
1: like you're sensing something inside of yourself that might have resistance Mm -hmm. to something in the past that was already created. Like, I am going to do this.
0: Yeah. My identity, when I'm, when I might be attached to who I think I am because I always go there. Mm. I always eat this food. I always sleep in a certain way. (laughs) thinking about the personality again. Like, just like, yeah, just since I've been here, I've been looking at things like that. Like, is this my best, is this the most nourishing choice for my Soma now? I mean, I suppose it's all information and I believe information's neutral. Maybe the personality is what places something on the information to build a perception. Mm. Yeah. A belief or a, Yeah. For me, this definitely does tie into um, when I'm in my unified self, there's less of a need to make these decisions because whatever it is is exactly... Uh, I want to use the word perfect, but that's not really a, a real word to me. But you know what I mean? Like there's such a whole state. There's not a lot of need in that moment mm. when when I'm in it.
1: I'm always fascinated how quickly it can fluctuate. Like I can be in that state maybe i would term it acceptance like i'm just i'm accepting exactly how it is flowing and then all of a sudden there's like a need yeah it almost feels like fear to me like i problem solving Mm. i've been noticing more and more that my mind needs to be solving problems And how comfortable it is Mm. in that, and how uncomfortable it is in the notion that there you don't have to solve a problem. There's nothing that needs to be solved right now. It's so Mm -hmm. used to it, yeah. You know, even like just as an example, like should I go to this place in Mexico? Should I not? Should I sleep this way? Should I not? Like, there's a million decisions to to be made, and they can all be looked at like they're something I need to solve. You know, and I'm not going to release that completely, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, but what's my relationship? And can I be conscious of the fact that this is what the mind's doing? And can I at least give the mind a break from that from time to time?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Hopefully even more than time to time. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I I wonder, it feels like it's a universal law to, to reach a contrasted point, let's say a stressful point, to, to maybe then have the awareness how to come back into homeostasis. Like maybe this decision-making of like trying to figure out something as part of returning back to this, pl- you know, like mm. I'm wondering right now while we're talking if it's, if it's even a universal law that we could just stay in this blissful expanded state or if we need these times of self-correction, these times of contrast. That show up in relationship or a project or a place.
1: I mean, I'm kind of more of a believer that if it it wouldn't be here if it was if if it didn't serve a function. Yeah. So that those times of contrast of needing to figure something out, there has to be a purpose. Yeah. For it. So that's a great question to be looking at.
0: I was walking with a friend last night here at the ashram. And we were talking about uh, Swami Satyananda and some of the other great masters who've lived on the planet in the past and present, and this idea of what enlightenment is. And I used to ask that question more previously, especially when I get into these expanded states. And so our conversation was like, I think some of us, I have this idea, oh, when I'm enlightened, I'm going to be so much more comfortable. Everything's going to be easier and life's just going to flow I don't know if you feel that or if other people have that experience of idealizing this concept of
1: enlightenment. I think even more to a point is idealizing the future. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, like right. going back to being a kid and I think about, you know, uh, when school's out. Yeah. You know, for the day or for the summer, or whatever, when I go on vacation, whatever it is, that, that, then it's going mm. to be perfect. It's Mm -hmm. always just projecting into the future. Mm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. There's a part of me that wants to open up to that and just say, okay, you know what? Like, I love having things to look forward to. Mm. Like, I'm not gonna get rid of that, you know? That's enjoyable to think, oh, this thing is coming up that that I'm looking forward to happening. But at the same time, noticing... The possibility of always wanting to be somewhere where i'm not and i don't want to experience my life like that so then yeah it becomes the practice of 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 being in this present moment and squeezing the juice from it and how can i squeeze the juice from this particular moment i like that yeah <laughs> yeah I'm
0: flashing back to last night. I had a really deep meditation, um, this really special place here at the ashram. And, uh, but there was this time limit. Like I had a plan at a specific time. So I I could only meditate for a half an hour. And at six o'clock, I was going to, I had a commitment to do something else. So I dropped in and it was pretty nice to be able to, maintain a sense of being without thinking for extended period of time back my mind well I set my phone for six o'clock and so I sat there just sometimes in meditation it's like oh I wonder how much more time I have I'm like okay let that go just you're still here now your phone is set just and then all of a sudden my alarm went off but I was like I wasn't I wasn't anticipating it but I was really curious to witness my personality go okay turn off turn off the alarm come out and you know come out of that state and just do the next thing. And I thought, that's so wild that I could just go from second to second. Like, I wasn't attached that I I wished I had more time. And I don't feel like I was personality because I wasn't talking. But nothing really mattered for that half an hour except for just being there. But at six o'clock, I had commitments.
1: (laughs) Isn't it amazing? (laughs) It's like... Often I consider that the most appropriate response to the situation that we're in is is awe. Mm. Like just that 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 can be possible. Mm. Yeah that you can sit there for okay, half an hour, I'm going to be, you know totally letting go of as much as I can possibly let go of yeah. abiding in this state. and then the alarm, boom, I go yeah. and, and I can, now I go. Yeah, and now I'm off. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, I can move back. Like it's yeah. incredible. I don't I think we give enough just like attention <laughs> to the wonder of what this is that we're all experiencing.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing and smiling because when I got back to my bed, I was reflecting on the day, the, all the things, teaching and some of the conversation. I was thinking about that. I'm thinking like, is this modern life that now I'm in my bed and that's finished and now I'm here? And, but it we're always, I mean, it's just kind of trippy, but I was laughing to myself thinking, this it could have been labeled a profound state, the meditation, because it was a really special experience, but that I'm just geared for next. Okay, well, now we're, now I'm here. I mean, I just came from teaching to sit here and talking to you. Mm-hmm. So back to this concept of enlightenment, I'm wondering if, if a more compatible word for myself is presence. Because I was present then, present in the transition, hearing the alarm, present to lying in bed. I'm wondering if that's, for me, that feels more comfortable leaning into as I age. Because then I'm aware of my choice points. My intention is to be aware of my choice points as a response instead of a reaction. I could have been bummed that my alarm went off, and I wasn't this time. I could have been bummed that I had to fall asleep because I had to have prepare for this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like taking the being present, aware that there is a choice point, And when am I, where am I in that choice point? Can I stay present all the way through that transition? I feel like that might be touching on a, what some people might call an expanded state, like enlightenment, perhaps.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The word that comes to mind for me is maturity. Mm. actually. And I think this word actually might be underused. I was reminded of the importance of this word mm. uh, from someone else the other day. And and it's a real challenge to myself to be with that because to be mature, my definition of the word, I guess I would say, is, is not to really have preferences in this kind of way or com- complain about how it is and how it isn't you know to be mature is to be in gratitude for this experience Mm. um for all the variety Mm. that i'm experiencing Mm. so it's that i'm I'm really sitting with that word now more maturity okay i haven't considered it for a while yeah
0: does that go along with wisdom gained from life experience I mean, it has to. Yeah. So, that to. when you're up to a similar choice point, you can lean into the wisdom of your past to evaluate what your next nourishing choice is for self?
1: Yeah, but. Or the, others? I'll give another example of, of where it comes into play is that I notice my mind's tendency to want to rank like rank myself rank other people you know this is how you know far along the path you are this is how enlightened you are and this is how enlightened this person is and this oh. is how enlightened i like i don't really play that game very much anymore um and ideally i don't want to play it at all but within myself that that probably has uh i give that the most attention but to me a mature person to me, what it means to be mature is to let go of all of that because that's all my mind. Uh, that, that's arrogance even thinking that I know wow. how I rank compared to someone else. Yeah. More and more, the, the, the practice of genuine humility is essential to me and to realize that there's two things that are very important for me to be aware of at the same time. One is that the mind is an unbelievable tool that is absolutely fascinating beyond what I can even appreciate, but trying to appreciate the mind. Mm. That's fascinating. Mm. And in the other hand, realizing that the mind is so limited in what it can understand. So stop believing that you can know more than you can really know and be comfortable mm. in the unknown. That's maturity, to be totally mm. accepting of the unknown. Mm. Mm. Just gonna breathe
0: into that for a minute, <laughs> for a second. Yeah. Mm. Uh, an image I had while you were talking was a wave. One of my spiritual teachers has taught me quantum physics, and along married with metaphysics, and um, she. Is suggesting that we are waves of light and each thought and each emotion um, vibrates at a frequency out into the universe and it appears to be a a law of the universe that those waves come back shown Mm -hmm. to us in our experience Um, so I'm, I'm curious playing with the idea of maturity that through learning through life experiences, that we change the vibration of what's moving out to us. Like I'm almost wondering, like, is the maturity also, that are we ready for the next layer of information to make a choice? Something may not feel as comfortable now as it did a year ago. So I'm just playing with with the idea of mind because I feel like mind is beyond thinking. Thinking is one part of the mind. And also, just pure awareness is part of the mind. Mm. Um, so I'm just I'm just curious if you have any reflections on that um, feeling into us being vibrations and light, and does that inform us?
1: I think so. No. When I stop and get quiet, I get the sense that the the words i can i can label this experience i'm having with maybe the most accurately is that i feel like a filter mm. that something is being received something happens within myself yeah and then something is released something is given back <sighs> yeah and this process of just receiving and giving that's the whole experience of mm-hmm. life that's the breath right there Mm. Every moment that's happening. Yeah. When I breathe in, I'm receiving. When I breathe out, I'm giving. And something can happen to me, kind of like the work that I get to do, I get to play out what means anything yeah. is what happens essentially between those two things. Like mm. what I, whatever I'm breathing in has a certain quality to it. Something happens within me. And then as I breathe out, it has... A different quality to it, mm. you know. If I'm if I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, then it has that energy is being released. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
0: When you said, you know, when 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 something appears as an undesirable state, like a anger or sadness or disappointment, um, how are we with that? I was having this conversation with a student today about this um, because they were unhappy that they were stuck in this emotional state. They wanted it Mm. to change. Mm. And um, in somatic yoga, we lean into discomfort instead of move away from it. Like in somatic yoga, we use pendiculation, which is bringing and hugging the muscles in towards the midline or the somatic center before we move out. So I was thinking about that in relationship to emotions that are uncomfortable or mind states that are uncomfortable. Um, For me, I like to stay with it a little bit to feel the texture of these undesirable emotions to register how my body's feeling it so I'm not skipping over it too fast. Not staying in it for too long and that's gonna be different for each person. But for me, lately, part of my wisdom body is stay with it for a little bit to see what it feels like and um, not necessarily analyze it, but I'm talking more like on just a presence level of sensation. Okay, well, I'm angry, so my face is scrunched up or I might feel a knot in my stomach or my shoulders are tense or my jaw is gritting. So my practice has been like, okay, well, yeah, well, let's just stay here for a little bit and really own what this feels like and then observe it, create some space for it and just notice if it wants to change, like if it can change by just me giving it presence. And oftentimes it does. So maybe that's part of that wave of like, oh, yeah, I'm at the top of the wave where I'm super uncomfortable. This is not desirable. Giving that some space, witnessing if it changes, and then making the next choice rather than making a choice right in that
1: reactive state. Yeah. Yeah. Mm it's helpful it's really helpful Uh, one thing that i've been playing at noticing is you know when more of these kind of undesirable emotions come up you know my tendency is is just like like to get rid of it right this is not good how can i get rid of it yeah yeah the word that's coming to me is belief because that that's what i'm working with inside because like this notion that there's value in these emotions okay i've been playing with that for some time seeing that yeah. i don't want to make that wrong you know i don't want to make anything happening inside me wrong because that's just another trap cuz that creates suppression you know so i haven't been making them wrong at the same time it's been a nice challenge asking like can you really see the value in this? Like, Mm. do you really believe that in the sadness that you're experiencing right now, there is something of value for you? Mm. Mm. It's a
0: great question.
1: (laughs) I mean, especially sadness, you know, loneliness. Mm. Right away, it's just... This instant uh, response, you know, no more.
0: Yeah, you know? I was just feeling the same thing. My body <laughs> wanted to just
1: say no. Yeah. How do I? And then the mind goes to trying to solve the problem. There's a problem. How can I create a strategy to solve the problem? But I think that there's a different way. And, and that's what I'm I'm trying to explore right now is, you know, can I... Can I be with the sadness? Can I really believe, do I really believe that this is here for a reason? This is here to offer me something. Yeah.
0: We started off the conversation with um, unified consciousness. I wonder if this is a tool we have in our mind to modulate between trying to figure it out and then letting it go like giving it back through the breath and then like is there can there be a choice point there i mean i feel like that's part of what we're talking about at least for me it is like how much are we like uh, like like you know chewing on it when is it enough to just then give it some space you know I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, how do we know, how does one know how to make the next decision? Like the information's coming through. How to make a decision of something like, for me, it would be I, my intent is each decision I make brings me closer into wholeness or closer into Uh, feeling my wave feeling relaxed and even i I use the word regenerative like something i'm doing will bring something the next choice can bring a nourishing choice those are my words that's how it feels to me Mm -hmm. so i'm curious curious for you how how what do you how do you how do you assimilate information to make a decision what is your process Mm.
1: you're reminding me i was listening to our last uh, Podcast that we did, yeah, and uh, you're talking about the the inner yes, mm. right? And I think maybe the program was called that too, finding your yeah. your inner yes. Uh, it was this
0: weekend. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and that really struck me when I was listening to it again. And you, I, I want to hear your answer to this too, because you almost kind of created like a formula, I think, for knowing, you know, what is right, essentially for me. Mm -hmm. you know how to what are the different signs to know that this is this is the right decision and i think Mm -hmm. it's so important right because decision making is the hardest part of life you know all the time throughout the day small decisions big decisions that's what we're doing is making making decisions yeah so for me how do i do it Mm. Hopefully, like, the, the heart and the mind are working in unison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I very much try to feel, I try not to give it too many words, but I just try to feel for what is right, what feels right to me, you know, letting go, not fighting against the way that I'm being guided yeah um I've just I've experienced a lot of pain as I'm sure so many of us have from trying to fight against reality so here's reality how can I work within it in a way that feels right it's really just a it's a feeling in the body and then I think the mind is getting feedback from the body um Hopefully the mind is not, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me too because I really, I like my mind. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I believe in my mind's ability to um, try to make sense and be rational. And I I appreciate rationality. I think that that's, that's a beautiful thing to try to do that. Um, sometimes I get caught too much. In that though that's probably the area where i have the most opportunity to shift yeah,
0: yeah. every summer is unique the way that we are processing information um, one of the major benefits i find to having meditation as a practice not only sitting in silence, but also through the movement practice is, um, for me, that's one of my strongest allies is practicing emptying my mind or, or, or bring using awareness to sense and feel to balance out the thinking mind that's trying, intending to be rational or making decisions and analyzing and contrasting that, um, if I start my day in meditation, my day unfolds so much more differently because my reference is more based on continuing to have a sense of inner awareness, of self-regulating naturally. And when I don't meditate every day or I forget, or I'm more in that thinking mind and moving through the world on a different level of mind where I'm not as self-regulating, the body's just kind of reacting more so i love being here and having all these opportunities at the ashram to practice meditation and being in a community of people that value that we are talking about practice and you know what it feels like to start your day in you yeah. know that way
1: yeah more and more i see that you know i'm a creature of habit you know, and so the morning is such an opportunity mm. to set myself right. And, you know, I thankfully rarely miss my morning practice, but in a way it's good when I do, mm. because then I've, I, I, I the difference yeah, and it's really interesting the, the way that my day will unfold. Um, if I have, or I haven't practiced, you know? Yeah. Do you, Going back to this uh, yeah. the inner yes. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh yeah, kind of I'd love to hear again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, so I mean,
0: my whole career has been in the healing arts and developing um, protocols and experiences to feel the body's messages. So this is a much more reliable place for me to find answers. This soma, then, then the thinking mind, it's not as enjoyable for me. So I, an inner yes for me is, um, well, first of all, being in an experience where my body's receiving information. Like um, I'm thinking last year when I was at the ashram, the first night on Friday night, the program officially began after dinner. And I, I had a really uncomfortable experience. I guided everybody through meditation and a movement practice. And afterwards, I asked, how does everybody feel? And, you know, I i guess I had an expectation that everybody would feel fantastic, but there was just one person that was like, I feel awful. <laughs> like, this is, what is this? Why am I here? What are you doing? You know, I was like, Bleh. so in that information, in that moment, I was reliving that experience. My whole body just, I could feel almost like my, my face was glazing over. I stopped breathing. Um, I felt frozen for a second. Like, oh my gosh, I'm in front of, 30 people and here's this person that's not happy and how can I navigate this in this moment to transition to even finish the session and then move into the whole weekend workshop like it was a felt like a pivotal moment and so I felt this like no inside like I wanted to resist it like uh, you know what so yeah it was just like that like but mostly I was aware of this I would feel like this frozen my face felt like frozen and that might've been more of how are people viewing me right now? Because I know everybody's listening and everybody's watching. How, how is James gonna handle this situation? So I was aware, that was my first clue of like, my body showing me that I was already out of a choice point at that moment. So how can I find my flowing yes was to um, witness it first and have compassion that I was in this state the mind was multiple places. It was like lots of different places. It wasn't just thinking, but also having compassion and empathy for this beautiful person, having a having a valid experience. So, to find a way through it was to realize that I soften my face, soften my gaze, drop into compassion, and um, ground my energy down. And through that, giving myself some space out of a contracted space brought me into a yes Mm. where I I felt like I could maneuver it more gracefully and authentically and not from a place of reaction because I just wanted to say what do you mean you're not feeling better and who are you to challenge me in front of all these people (laughs) that part of the personality so so the inner yes for me and I'm going to get there is like without confrontation just Sitting down and having a meal, do I want this food? Does does this food feel nourishing to me? Being here at the ashram, some of these foods I don't eat very often. I'm finding the ones that I feel uncomfortable afterwards. Even while I'm eating, I can feel like, well, just because it's there, my body's already starting to do something. So my inner yes is feeling when I'm feeling contracted, maybe feeling the no. And then um, it feels easier and more comfortable when there's a sense of buoyancy or a sense of lightness a sense of ground that returns back, presence without reaction. So that's how I know that something's, is that my body, my body awareness, my body changes. Hmm.
1: Body. The body. Yeah. (laughs) Something that I try to tune into as often as possible is, is simply, it's so simple, feeling the whole body like embodying my body. When I do that, everything changes. It's amazing. Then I get to, I kind of feel like I'm this character, (laughs) you know? And all of a sudden I have this freedom to move the body. And that's, that's, that's key. What's Mm. what's your relationship with this word freedom? How, how, how often do you tune into this feeling of, of, of feeling free? Yeah. It's, It's one
0: of my, um, it's one of the words that brings me the most joy even thinking about and talking about because um, right before you said that I was feeling really playful with the conversation, like like you were saying, there's this character, like, I I feel like freedom is a sense of playfulness and creativity flowing, um, choice points, being aware that my body's reacting in a certain way. And freedom to me is recognizing that something's happening and I have the choice to self regulate and change mm-hmm. my experience, my heart rate, my breath pattern, my muscle tone. Um, <laughs> I have the choice to self regulate. I have the choice to self regulate. That. that to me is freedom. The closer mm-hmm. I can get to, the, as the more I can maintain this conscious response, that feels free to me. How about you?
1: Yeah, the breath is so important for me to feel free. Like just taking more and more, I am taking these nice, long, deep breaths throughout my day. And if if something, whatever is going on that maybe doesn't feel so good, yeah, that's the self regulation. That's the opportunity. Like, okay, you have the opportunity to self regulate yourself. And I'm doing that primarily through the breath. Mm-hmm. just yeah. just nice, long, deep breaths. And I'm, I'm receiving the energy too. That's how I feel it. That, that's what's happening. And yeah. do even just one of those. Yeah. All of a sudden, that, then I feel more free. Mm, it's that simple. Yeah.
0: Do you ever find yourself taking deep breaths in public? Like, ah. <sighs> I, I find myself doing that, and people be like, oh, wow, you just took a
1: deep <laughs> breath. Are you okay? I'm like, I feel great. Yes. <laughs> do you ever I, find yourself doing I, that? Yeah, I'm sure that I do. Yeah. I don't really give it much thought. Yeah, yeah. I think more of my breaths are, are kind of like little, like silent, long, silent. No one would even really recognize that I was taking one. I, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, type of thing. But it's all good. I mean,
0: ah. Oh definitely something we have constant all the time to tune into yeah
1: appreciate you so much friends likewise yeah thanks for doing this again
0: i feel so joyful right now and because we're getting to know each other and when i drop in with you i mentioned to you this last podcast i have so much sensation of awareness like um my heart it feels expanded and I feel joyful and I, I, I feel the viscosity of energy that we're sharing in this space. It's very unique. Mm. It's interesting how each relationship brings out something different. And so I want to thank you for the presence that you hold and the invitation, that you, the invitation that you have in your beingness to have podcasts like these and, and really drop in with people. It, it's just, I feel so much gratitude for your your presence and your entity called Avi Gordon. When I'm in your field, I just feel so excited to just... It's not just coming from here. It just feels like there's an exchange happening on a lot of levels. So I'm aware of that. So thank you for inviting
1: me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> thank you for, for seeing that and expressing that because I, I do a lot of these relatively. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's not the response that everyone has you know it might might be happening i don't know hopefully it is but that's a cool thing too how just everyone is so unique right and you meet you can meet someone and and i had this experience of being um at like a music concert you know and i was just kind of walking around and like looking at faces and i'd never seen these people before right any of these faces but still if i really like looked at them i felt like that i knew them Mm. And how is that possible? How cool is that? You know?
0: <laughs> More emotions are coming up because uh, it was my birthday since while I was here and you were actually the one to pull me out from the outside into the dining hall because I was. you were like, where's James? Where's James? And... I was hoping to go undercover with my birthday because I didn't want that attention. I didn't think I wanted that attention. And I thought I was doing a really good job, you know, because typically my birthday with friends is a really big deal. I usually travel for my birthday for a holiday or something like that. And so your head popped out. You're like, James, James. And I'm like, what, what? Like, what's going on? And you were sharing something, but I, w- I had just finished meditating and I walked back from the <laughs> temple and I was all like <laughs> in this unified state. And all of a sudden now I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And then I walk in and and everybody was holding sp- space for me. And, um, and I found myself having this contraction at first, like, oh no, I don't want everybody to know that it's my birthday. And then, and I thought, oh, gosh, James, come on. Like, you're, I'm not in control of this. This is flowing right now. And this is a gift people are giving you and the swamis and you and the people. And I thought, so what I did as a practice, as a, as a conscious choice point was like, look at people's eyes. Because I, I had mm. wanted have I had the tendency, I felt like I was going to go up and out, out of my body because I was uncomfortable. Yeah. And I thought, nope come back into your body, receive this as a gift. And so that's what I did as I looked and I just made eye contact with as many people as I could. It was the first time I'd ever done that. Mm. So it's interesting that you're saying that. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, because I just practiced that
1: as a choice point to connect. What I love so much, there's nothing that lights me up more, is that when an experience presents itself and I feel myself getting ready to respond to it in a way that I normally would yeah. that I'm in the habit of doing yeah. and I make a choice. No, this time I'm going to explore something else. <sighs> yeah. So thanks for being part of that <laughs> because you're, you're that character
0: <laughs> popping out of the door going, James. And I'm like, what? So again, thank you, Avi. Thank yeah. you to Yogaville and cool. the Sashram and all the people here. And I'm just grateful that I get to play with you again and keep practicing and exploring
1: mm-hmm. and, So,
0: wonderful. Appreciate you, brother. You're welcome.
1: Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.